Climbers, my cousin got me hooked on this show, this series on Netflix, and you're not going to believe how much it's exactly like the record industry. Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need to get ahead as a songwriter, as an artist. You're going to need to show that you got the goods, that you can do it. It's not about potential talents, it's about what have you done for me lately. And I say that the clap in between every single word. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's why we called it the. That's why we called it the climb, creating leverage in the music business. That's brilliant. It's a Baxter name. That's from my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones last year in Southern Gospel. He's he's all over the place, man. He just uh-huh. doesn't dominate in one field. He's got. Everything happened. What kind of hit songs did you write? All of them. All like, of them. <laughs> what, I love about like, what, what type of songs do you write? I, I like to say mediocre mostly. Mediocre mostly. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Brent is he helps he helps songwriters like you turn pro by teaching you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he gets you in touch with the pros on the regular. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams and blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs. Just to name a few, you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. What's up, brother? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, just, uh, yeah, crazy day. It's full of stuff. So I'm ready to rock it. And, uh, I'm so slammed. Yeah, so let's get right to it. Uh, here's <laughs> yeah. what we're going to learn today. Right, I'm gonna lie, we're busy. We're, we're going to learn that my cousin turns me on to, and this is going to sound so strange to everybody, but I, I can't recommend this show enough and i want to share like the epiphany i have while i was watching it and i just like this is just exactly like the record industry the human element the the survival instinct the politics the the it, it has all the drama that exists exactly the same in the music industry and i just thought it's really inspiring to watch it so i wanted to turn you guys on to it and uh I'm going to reveal what that is right after we do a little business here. First All and right. foremost, uh, we want to thank, and we're so proud to be a part of American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. It's a 36-year-old brand name, and we get to be one of their flagship shows. So thank you to them. We want you to join the Climb community if you haven't done so already. That is a thriving community on Facebook of singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians, and we're getting co-writes hooked up there, international co-writes that have turned out to get cuts and lucrative and sinks and stuff like that. And uh, everybody's talking about promotion chops and different things they've done to help get their brand ahead as artists and asking questions about this or that, whatever. But you get answers. You get good answers in this community. And we want you to be a part of it. So come and join. you got to ask to be let in. But we let everybody in. 
just be good boys and girls or you'll be roadhoused out. There's mm-hmm. plenty of places for you to promote yourself. Don't do it in the wrong place. That's all it is. It's like when you come into my house, there's a bathroom. That's where you go pee. It's not okay <laughs> to pee on the carpet, right? right? As a human. Well, you know that there's a space that you're supposed to do that. Just you know? walking. So just- Some people are just walking <laughs> into groups, just peeing as they walk through the door. The corner, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm, as they're coming through the door. Hey, yeah. check it out. Look at me pee. Hey, how's everybody? <laughs> You're probably very interested in what's what's happening right now. Right. Do you need Kella uh, had asparagus? Come here. Yeah. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcasts and leave a rating review. And finally, oh, listen, Brent and I, we're very, very grateful. And, and we don't take for granted this time that you spend with us every single week. So we're very grateful for that. And uh, But we know that you do it for a reason. <clears throat> you uh-huh. do it because you're getting something out of this. And we love that. We're grateful for that. But hey, tell a friend. Maybe they can get something out of it too. Tell another musician. Tell another artist. Tell another songwriter. Let them know, hey, there's a lot of good stuff on here that you need to be, you need to, to check out, you know, because nobody needs another podcast to listen to. I can promise you that's the case. Yeah. But unless they know it's valuable to them, period. That's right. In the story. All right. So check it out. My cousin turns me on to this show. They are not into the subject matter of this show in any way, shape or form prior to this show. And now they are freaks about it. Mm -hmm. And the week after my cousin turns me on to this show, they're, they're four seasons in now or three seasons in the week after that, Bob Lefsitz <laughs> writes a freaking blog on it, okay? And he's already written like three in the past two weeks because he <laughs> is freaked out about it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a documentary from Netflix. It's an original Netflix series, and it's about Formula One racing, if you can believe it or not. It's called Formula One Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. And it is taking – normal morons like me, my cousin and Bob Lessitz who know nothing about racing and turn us into freaking crazy formula one fans. So these are the fancy cars, like the, the, not the NASCAR racing. This is the formula one. This is like when they're racing through like downtown Paris and stuff, right? Exactly. These are all the grand prix like that are Mm -hmm. in Monaco and in, um, uh, you know, they, they have one in the United States. They have them in France, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in Spain, in in the Middle East. It's crazy, and it's absolutely fascinating. And there's so many comparisons to the record industry and to artists and to songwriters that I just I couldn't help but share. I mean, the drama is real. You get to really know the stories about these the, the, all these teams, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going in deep on these teams and they're talking about all the stuff that happens on these races, like two days before the race and when you get there and then, you know, get qualifying and some, where some tracks qualifying is everything because there's not a lot of room to overtake in the track, right? So mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of passing that goes on. So it really matters where you qualify and you have drivers that are, that are, well, here, I'm going to break it all down for you. All so right, let's do it. Here's the deal. So, Again, Formula One Drive to Survive. You're going to get hooked on this. I promise you. You're going to. It's so fascinating. Again, the drama is incredible, real. It's just like your drama is incredible and real as an artist, as mm-hmm. a songwriter, as a musician, right? And what I found interesting was the struggles of the teams and the drivers and the insecurities of the drivers, and how they talk about getting their confidence back after after losses, mm-hmm. after their team hires a new second driver who's gunning for them because even Drivers on the same team are still in competition with one another. 
right? right? Like, Which is weird. Yeah, that's like an artist on a label. I mean, you're still competing to get the push. Especially right? in the old model, competing to get on the slot on the radio. Right, yeah. Right? Which, mm-hmm. which, which is changing. Or getting their confidence back after a crash, mm-hmm. after a devastation. It's quite clear that life in Formula Racing, Formula One Racing, is in no way, shape, or form fair. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair in your career either, whether you're a writer, whether you're an artist, whether you're a musician, or both. And so here's some of the comparisons, <clears throat> and then I think this might help you find the inspiration in this show. Because the, the drama is there. It's going to be very interesting to see it. But also, I think you're going to see what I see in the comparisons. And then some of that mindset stuff, I think it's really, on a lot of different levels, is extremely inspiring. Mm-hmm. So y- you've got the huge titans of the industry, right, with the big, huge budgets. They're, they, they always seem to be winning. So that's, that's a reality in Formula One racing. It's a reality in the music industry, right? You, yeah. have, you have these indie teams with fascinating stories behind them, like the Red Bull indie team, McLaren, Williams Racing, and Force India, and Haas. And, and it's interesting, you learn how their business models have to be different than the Titans, you know, mm-hmm. because they have to be. That's the only way they compete. They can't. The 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 Titans have four times the amount of money to spend on any given season, and we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. We're talking the difference between like four or five hundred million dollars on a race season versus a hundred million dollars on a race season. That's mm-hmm. your indie budget. Hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Mercedes is a Titan. They have like I think sixteen hundred employees. That's that it, that is paid through their race division and Red Bull might have like 126 people. Wow. So like 10 times more employees possibly. And big yeah. differences. Yeah. So not fair, not fair, not fair, not fair. Yeah. Right. But they, uh, you know, just like the money ball for the music industry show we had, they can't compete in the money department. Yeah. So they got to compete other ways. They talk about the differences in the business models and how they have to be scrappier and, so here's some of the comparisons on this show that I thought were cool. As far as record labels are concerned, that would be in Formula One, the team owners. Mm-hmm. That's the team owners. They're, they're, th- this is Mercedes. This is Ferrari. This is Renault. This is Red Bull. This is Haas. There's individual team owners. There's guys that do this that are very, very wealthy, that are very into uh, racing. And so they'll own a team. The team principals this is like the lead guy. You get to know these guys on each team. He's in charge of keeping uh, not only the car, you know, creating the fastest car, right? Doing the manufacturing and, and making everything happen, but also taking care of the drivers and mm-hmm. the politics between everybody. They, each team has two drivers. Yeah. So there's always going to be one driver gunning for the other driver. And, yeah. and the team principal's got to be the one to babysit everybody and make that happen. The engineers and the tech team that are behind the scenes that make that car go fast, that make that car have the potential to go fast, the potential to win. These are your songwriters, right? These mm-hmm. are your engineers and your producers in the studio. Yeah. The people that make it competitive. And then finally, your artist in this case is is the drivers. And they are famous. They mm-hmm. sign autographs. They have endorsement deals. They have all that stuff. And the, they are the difference between two identical cars from the same team. One guy's going to do better than the other guy. Why? Because 
their skill set in driving. They know when to lay back. They know not to get road rage and get pissed off. They know <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, there's so many things like that happen, even like, even between teams, one mm-hmm. guy bumping another guy off the track, out of the race, you're done. You wrecked your car and it was on purpose and they want to kill each other, but they're on the same team. It's, it's, hmm. it's, um, it's really, really interesting. These drivers, they, they have their dream jobs. Yeah. That made me think of artists and songwriters. Yeah. They're making a really good living off of doing what they've always wanted to do. And they want to keep it. And they want to keep it, right? And there's only 20 of them. Mm. There's only 10 race teams in Formula One that are allowed on the track. And each team has two drivers. There's 20 drivers. That is... That's a bottleneck. That is a bottleneck. That is the (laughs) definition of a bottleneck, I think. Now, are there other Formula One teams other than those 10 that are trying to bump one of the 10 so they can be one of the 10 on the track. Does that kind of, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are, but I think, and I don't know what the criteria is for what teams get on the track. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's like this one team force India was the first race team for formula one that was owned by an an Indian billionaire. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of drama with that. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. They came from out of nowhere and then got on there. So I think there's just a certain level of, of qualifying and competition mm-hmm. that you have to do to, to be able to, to get into those top 10 slots. Okay. Just curious. Um, uh, but don't quote me on that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm halfway through the second season. So there's only 20 drivers and it kind of sounds and feels like the old music industry a little bit. I thought mm-hmm. 2,700 artists that made money in the last 60 years. Right. Yeah. Your parents were right about that. You should probably have thought of a backup plan, but now that's not the case. The rock star drivers have been driving since they were kids, since they're six and seven years old, doing these race carts and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're little kids. And, and some of the drivers came from nothing, like abject poverty. Mm-hmm. It's just like artists yeah, and yeah, songwriters. Sure. Some come from middle-class families, and they, they're a good family. They spent every dollar they had because the kid just clearly took – a fascination with racing and so to do whatever they had to get their kid into those teams and in those cars and whatever that entailed they they spent it all to 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 do that for their kid and now their kid's like a formula one driver and yeah and he's famous and, he, and literally they're traveling all over the world during the season some came from families of better means one of the drivers is get this his father is a canadian billionaire and is the majority owner of the team well there you go nepotism right yeah <laughs> and there are a few drivers who have been handed their hat when this particular billionaire bought the company mm-hmm. <laughs> i gotta make room for my son that's gonna be the deal you want my money it's a package deal it's, yeah and that, how many times does that happen i mean how many times do we talk about relationships in yeah. songwriting you think it's not fair that's just what it is yeah fair you know, it is what matter. it is yeah yeah you can't focus on that you can't focus on that so this is interesting, too, and I thought this was in terms of business model was concerned. Mm-hmm. So the, the big, big teams that the. This is like in, in American baseball. The big market teams by far outwin the small market teams. Yeah, because they have a bigger budget. Well, same thing with the with the Titans here. These are like the major labels. So Mercedes, Ferrari and Renault. These are manufacturers. Mm-hmm. 
which is one reason why they have so much money, right? Because they um, they have all the profits from the auto sales. Yeah, I mean, every right. Ferrari I've bought helps pay for that. Yeah, I know. I know. I tell you, you and me are up floating yeah, that stock yeah. for sure. Yes. <laughs> they also are manufacturers, so they make the engines. Mm-hmm. They're completely self-contained. The indie teams like Red Bull, like McLaren, like Force India, they have to purchase their parts and most importantly, their power, i.e. their engines mm-hmm. from manufacturers. Yeah. So that's an issue. Like, you know, you've got Red Bull regularly uh, at the at, in season one, regularly competing against Renault as another team, but they're getting their engines from Renault. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so it's interesting to watch the dynamics happen between that because mm-hmm. it, again, it makes strange bedfellows. Yeah. Like the way that works. And this dynamic makes me think about songwriters and artists and how every songwriter and every artist really needs to strive to be as self-contained as possible in terms of manufacturing your product. Yeah. It doesn't mean shut everybody out, do everything yourself. But, man, the the more you can you can have a hand in, in the house unless you can be, I guess, uh, vulnerable to the whims of other people or waiting for really what it comes down to the artists. I think is waiting for other people to come along and save them and solve their problems. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I mean, so let's go a little bit deeper on that. I mean, that's a really good point to go down. So if you don't have a rig, like a recording rig and the basic knowledge of how to record or produce a track, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. And in multiple ways, It's always going to cost you more to get it done than if you own the tools yourself, Mm -hmm. right? If you got to go outside. Uh, And also the the understanding what's going on, like how they're making the donuts and being able to have uh, input that's intelligent about, you know what? No, I want you to bring the room mics down. I want you to, where are you really coming from that creative place? Because you've been able to get, elbow deep in that mm-hmm. if you own the tools and you get it done yourself it's just going to be less expensive and you're going to be more in- intentional and more intelligent on it in this scenario like if you're an artist or a songwriter who doesn't invest in the tools invest mm-hmm. in the tools that you need and the education invest in the education that you need to manufacture the art that you create then you're choosing to make it more expensive to succeed right yeah You're also limited, and this is what's really huge, especially in a paradigm market shift like we're going through right now in the music industry, you're limited on innovation. Mm -hmm. You You can't can't be as nimble, right? You just can't play in the sandbox and stumble across a happy accident. I mean, if you're spending money to go in and do demos and it's a demo slam, man, the train is on the tracks and you don't get to sit around and fart around like you're there to manufacture it and this is what's going to happen and boom 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 and you take what you get yeah knowing what you want before you get in there because you've innovated a couple things and you know what i think this is the base thing we need here and here's why and oh yeah okay got that cool Mm -hmm. which might not be something that your bass player would think about right on the fly you don't have time to do that if 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 you haven't had the pre-production chops yeah If you don't own the gear, you can't afford to play in the sandbox, test new ideas. You've limited your creativity on the manufacturing side because you're always on the clock and you're going to leave with a finished product or you've wasted your money. So you don't you can't afford to play. Therefore, in a roundabout way, you're kind of choosing to let money to become 
the obstacle that cripples your career. Yeah. And some of you are, you're doing this subconsciously on purpose. <laughs> right. Self-sabotaging. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Yeah. So long as money's the issue, all your friends will understand you don't have enough and you're off the hook, right? Yeah. Easy peasy. Now get back to your day job. <laughs> exactly. If you're an artist, then you have to do more than the songwriters do. You have to do all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and be able to record your own stuff and be able to have some sort of sustainable way to continue to release product in today's market. Because mm -hmm. the days of doing one CD every two, three years are over. Yeah, We need to continually put stuff out and cover songs and all this. You can't have that log jam there. Let me mention something about that I'm, I'm in right now is, and I've mentioned before on the show, is, you know, the innovation, okay, not letting mm -hmm. money be an obstacle. I have... Like any writer that's been writing for years, I have a backload of songs of my back catalog that I think are good songs, but this have never gotten demoed for whatever reason. It's one I had with the publishing deal and they just, you know, it wasn't one of the ones that made the demo that, that month or that week or whatever. And they right. were like, oh man, certain situations, this would be good to pitch. And this never happened. Now that I'm out of that publishing deal, or maybe it's a newer one that I'd have to pay for myself. Like any of these I have to go out of pocket on. And there are just so many of them. But you're like, man, given the right situation, that could that could fill a slot on something. You know, maybe an indie record, maybe a maybe a major, but it's just unusual. It's not a pitching would go everywhere, and I'm just not sure about that investment because you know I do have limited resources, right? So, what did I end up doing? Knock knock, Belmont. Hi, I need some interns, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so for the last, uh, well, right now in the summer semester, and then previous semester in the in the spring. I got uh, some Belmont interns to like, okay, you're a demo production intern. You go into school, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a producer. Great. Here's some hands-on experience. Here's yeah, some, songs some that, good songs that are work tapes that haven't been cut yet, that haven't been demoed. I want something to do with these. I want to be able to pitch these. That's the goal. Get these in a pitchable form. And some have worked better than others, but I'm not paying right. out of pocket. They're doing it for school credit and hopefully – I was to tell them I would love nothing more than for us to be able to go to a number one party together and for me to fly your flag going, they did the demo while they were in school. Yeah. It's building their their portfolio on professional songs because these are all and, and, and their knowledge base on a real world application. Exactly. So they're they're learning. I've had some good experiences. I've had some songs that I'm I'm pitching around now, uh, from what one of my guys did last semester. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And because I was like, ah, oh, I got these songs. I want to demo them. What? How do I make it happen? Right? With mm -hmm. limited resources, I can't just go spend 800 bucks a pop, all these for little limited, uh, maybe outcome songs. And some are just good songs that just never, got, and it always bugged me they never got demoed. And so now I have, I have a female working, uh, interning for me this summer that she's working on some female songs. And she's kind of a one stop shop because she's a singer, songwriter, producer. And she's young and she's learning. And she's like, oh, boy, I'm learning a lot with these. I'm a great. Just keep on digging in and learning. And it's not costing me anything but time. But if we get some stuff, it works that I can I can pitch. So that's a way I've had to innovate versus somebody that has unlimited money. You know, maybe they got the record deal. They got the big publishing deal. Even with the big publishing deal, you don't just go and demo everything you want. Yeah. You know, you still have budget considerations. I mean, if you're yeah. killing it, if you're 
I don't know, name your big hit song right. If you're Ashley Gorley, you can go demo everything because you're making enough. They're like, yeah, keep keep demoing. That's fine. You're making enough, and you're the boss at this point if you're Ashley. But yeah. if you're not, then they're still looking at, yeah, we want to demo these, not these. We're not sure what to do with it. They don't always know because, as I've mentioned before. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. like hey climbers welcome to some help that's right we want to turn you on to a professional service by our sponsor better help h-e-l-p betterhelp.com listen as singers songwriters and artists our greatest strength is sometimes our greatest weakness and that is our emotional intensity listen it helps you create great art but can also torpedo not just your career but your life and we don't want the bad stuff we just want the great art we want your emotions to be a source of help not hurt and that brings us to better help Sorry, guys, it's not a crisis line. This is not a self-help line. This is a professional counseling service that's done securely online. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. And as an artist and as somebody who deals with artists, the licensed professional counselors that they have, the stuff they specialize in, I'm going to read you just a quick little list. I've had to deal with all these at one point or another, either myself or with other artists. So this is real stuff. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trouble sleeping. A lot of us have had traumas, anger, family conflicts. If LGBTQ matters, grief from loss is something, a loved one maybe. And and just about every artist I know, I don't, I don't think I know one that doesn't secretly have a little self-esteem issue going on. So here's somebody you can talk to. That's right. And you can start communicating with them in under 48 hours. So you don't have to wait long to start talking to somebody. Also, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is great. I'm always happy to see that. And the service is available for clients worldwide, meaning you don't have to just find somebody local who understands you, but that you might run into at the grocery store. You can find counselors worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you are. 
That's right, guys. If you want to dig down a little deeper on this, there's a ton of testimonials that you can research that are on their website at betterhelp.com. And this podcast is just because we want you to win. We don't want this stuff to get in the way of your artist's career. So if this can help, then we want to help you help yourself. So as a climber, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash songwriter. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash songwriter. Mentioned before, like crickets. My publisher at the time didn't want to demo it because they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, my Lisa Schaefer and Bill White, they went ahead and did a guitar vocal anyway. So a, a scaled down version of it. They got Kevin Denny to sing on it and I pitched it and we got a cut. And it was a Joe yeah. title track that the publisher didn't know what to do with. So it was on hold for some other people around before Joe. Well, I'll, I'll stop right there and just say that again. I mean, say like repeat what you just said, because here's a situation where you're professionally signed to a publishing company yeah. and it's still limiting what your output oh, because, exactly. because they don't understand what you did with that, which happens. This is just real world stuff. So you went another way and got a demo. And then it got a cut. Yeah. So we did it our dang selves. Yeah. And, and that's just part of the business, right? That's just how it goes. That's one of the downsides of being in a publishing company that actually is that they can go, no, you're not demoing that or, you know, that kind of thing. We're not paying for it. Then you're not going to yeah. want to go out of pocket for it because I got a deal. What, well, I'm not, that's part of why I have a deal so I don't go out of pocket. So just talking about innovating, that's just something I'm doing to innovate is – get these demos done at you know very some no cost uh, some we end up hiring the singer some you know I'm, so I'm being mindful of going okay can my co-writer sing this great okay you go do the demo you do the track once it gets where like I feel good about it I dig the track now we can send it over to my co-writer who's probably a great singer and he can sing on it or she can sing on it and boom there we go oh now we got a demo we didn't have before yeah and now I got something else I can pitch so you have more options. You know, I, that brings up something here. I'm not, this isn't a shameless plug or anything, but if you are a writer or an artist who does not live in Nashville and mm -hmm. you don't have the means to get here on a regular basis, there are services, Daredevil Production provides this, by the way, where if you've got a rig and you know how to make the donuts, but you don't have, let's say, access to the A-list talent that you need mm -hmm. to be competitive, you can just buy the tracks. Yeah, you can get the pre-production work done on a song with somebody like me, mm -hmm. and then we go and you get the tracks. Now you got everything you need plus the overdubs to add other overdubs that you might want. Yeah, uh, to get your singer on it or to do the singing yourself and to mix yourself. Yeah, way less expensive than coming to Nashville to get that done. You know, a way more sustainable methodology for your business model to to demo more. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to mix and you got to have the tools to mix. Yeah. Your startup Pro Tools rig isn't going to be enough gas yeah. to mix. You're going to need some plugins. You're going to need some compression. You're going to need some EQs. You're going to need, you're going to need to know how to work that stuff, you know, but it's really fun to do. I mean, it's just different ways of being scrappy and thinking like an indie mind, just like these racers. That's right. If you're an artist, as well, then you have to do even more. Not only do you need a financially sustainable way to create endless audio tracks mm -hmm. so that you can be constantly putting out product in today's market, but you also need a sustainable way to create killer video content to promote it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have this, 
you can't afford the consistent video content. You'll need to do it right. And then your creativity is limited too. I can't tell you how many times I'll tell people, you've got this EP done. It's five songs. Great. Okay. You're going to need five music videos for it. And they're like, well, who has the budget for that? And I'm like, well, nobody, if you're thinking about it, like in terms of MTV circa music (laughs) business, 1985, not even the record labels will do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. But you can do it. I have to remind them, you know, Chainsmokers, two of their biggest videos, they did for nothing. Yeah. They did them themselves. It's because they're creative. Are you a creative or not? Yeah. You know, like, like get to it. You're going to have to cook that stuff up. And again, if you don't have some of the technical stuff, seriously, I'm on the intern bandwagon. Like, if you can show an educational outcome, there are AV, right? Majors, yep. audiovisual majors, people that want to do that stuff, and you can provide them with portfolio stuff. Yeah. Like, why why can't you and your company, as you as an artist, go get a videographer intern who yeah. would probably rather do that and actually get their hands dirty and do something than go get coffee and answer phones at a place for an internship. Right. And that's why I've had my people, some of my interns tell me, he's like, this is great. Cause I got buddies that are like logging in and logging out instruments at so-and-so studio, but I'm here making tracks. Yeah. Work on songs. Like I'd rather be doing that, (laughs) you know, like real world stuff. Yeah. Real world stuff. Like why can't you, and you may be some false starts and some are better than others. Some don't have the chops, but you know what you're paying with your time. And it may just be someone to, playing the sandbox with bounce ideas off of and go, all right, you know, like all my stuff is, is virtual, right? My, my demo production interns and my song plugin interns are, it's all virtual. We just meet over zoom. We just don't even yeah. have to get in the room together. Well, with the videographer, yeah, you're going to, unless you're just someone who's doing editing and stuff, you're going to want to get in the room, go out. They can help you shoot. That can be your extra hand. And you got, you may get it for like 20 hours a week during the semester. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was, the, what was that excuse again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't hear you over the sound of opportunity. What? What? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You're going to have to bring the video content. You're going to have to have regular video content. You're going to have to have multiple Mm -hmm. pieces of video content for each release. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have an intern doing like quote cards and stuff for me for social media. There you go. Right. So okay. for, for there you go for keeping all that stuff up. I've got yeah. all my interns actually start today. I've got one intern that came in last week, a week early. She didn't need to. Mm-hmm. She did all that work for us on the podcast. Excellent. There was the, by the way, we should, we should mention that like the first 50 episodes were not on the platform of, um, like American, uh, American Songwriter Magazine. Yeah. yeah, they didn't flood over. We had to do them manually. And it took a week for mm-hmm. my intern to do it, working four and a half hours a day. But she knocked it out. God she was like her. a monster with that. Yeah. And 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 I'm going to shout her out, Jess, because she didn't have to come in. Yeah. She's not required to come in until this week. Yeah. But she came in last week. Why? Because she's I don't know. She's just maybe just a rock awesome. star. Yeah. yeah. I just like I bow down on her feet every day. You know yeah. what I mean? Is she creating relationships in this industry? Hell yeah. <laughs> right. And she's brilliant with it. The people that you need help with, they're out there if you're thinking outside the box. Right. And, and your job is not to think about why you can't get it done, but the fact that you need to get it done and how can it happen? What, yeah. what can I do to make it happen? The other thing, too, is, you're, again, if you're not – if you don't own the gear, if you don't own 
the, the, the tools you need to make the video content, then your create your creativity is limited there too. Yeah. Right. Because then you're going to somebody else and whoever's behind the camera is going to decide, right. It's their camera. It's their eye. You haven't learned. So you're unaware Mm -hmm. of the decisions that they're making and how that's going to impact you and your brand. And so you're just trusting them to be as innovative as, and this is important to be as innovative as you need to be in order to stand out in a market that's in the middle of a paradigm shift. Yeah. Right. So, so this is why, I mean, like daredevil, we, we, last year we purchased a bunch of gear, mm-hmm. a bunch of gear for this because I, you know what, it's easier for some of my corporate clients who are remote, like they're not in Nashville to go to a videographer that's local to them. Mm-hmm. But what do I get? I get amazing production on the video quality, amazing production on the audio quality. It's a highly professional company that absolutely has no freaking idea what I'm going to do with this content on a digital platform. Right. So it's largely useless. It looks like a commercial. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I need value bomb content here. I need these ads and I need the ads to be able to, to be uh, squared up to be or whatever squared up. Yeah. They don't understand the aspect ratios and all the different surfaces because they're not doing that. Right. So then it's uh, like, it was just so frustrating. Is that a revenue center for us? It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But it was also just out of necessity because I'm not, I can't take this square block and shove it in this round hole over here right. for you. Even though I know how to put things into round holes, I put round things into round holes. <laughs> right. And you gave me the square thing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't understand. It's it's been it's a difference in the market. And so listen, this stuff happens all the time with labels, with artists, with they're still focused on MTV and CMT. They're not mm-hmm. really dialed in as they should be. Uh, at least not enough to be breaking artists left and right yeah. on the label. They're acquiring artists that broke on digital. Yeah, you got to have that framework. You got to understand the different services, widescreen, squared up, how to get those videos, how to get that to play within that and make it look cool and interesting. And songwriters and artists learn to engineer and produce. These are your mission critical skills, I think. And the more you know how to do that, the more value you're going to add to any given team that you're on. It would be silly not to have it. Mm -hmm. And at least have a basic knowledge of the tools, you know, otherwise you're, you're, I don't know. You're like a construction worker who loves to tell everyone how great you are, but you can't swing a hammer or work a skill saw. Right, you know yeah. I mean? like, like, so what are we supposed to think? Right. I mean, what's everybody else supposed to think? You know, artists, you need a few lights and at least an iPhone camera mm-hmm. and some basic cinematography shots and your creative mind to, to do this. This, is, this isn't years of research. I think I watched a few hours of tutorials on my videography skills and now i got it okay and i'm playing around with lights i'm doing different things and the more i do it the more i innovate the more i try something new and i'm Mm -hmm. like that's cool okay let's try this let's try that it's my stuff i'm not on the clock right and i think that innovating especially innovating video content to create something that's going to pop out of a Facebook feed or an Instagram feed. Think about how you consume that stuff. It's like zip, 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 yeah. zip on your phone. What's that thumb stopper, you know? Yeah. These are promo tools. You're going to need these promo tools, artists. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how great your song is or how well you can sing it if nobody hears it because you don't know what you're doing. 
And if you take this work on yourself, if you don't do it, you're relying on other people who uh, are very professional and they might even have pedigrees, mm-hmm. right? They might even be a big brand in that world, but you want them to adapt. You're trusting them to adapt as quickly as you need them to so that you can pop during a paradigm shift in the marketplace. Again, it's like they won't adapt that fast. Mm-hmm. So you won't. Right. You know what I mean? Like Tim McGraw doesn't need to break on digital. So right. if you've got Tim McGraw's video guy, God bless you. Yeah. But that it's going to work for Tim McGraw. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. That's right. Because you need to break on digital. <laughs> Just to kind of you know bring it back around here. I mean, in Formula One, as a team and as a driver, guess what? You're only as good as your last race. Mm-hmm. Literally, only as good as your last race. And as a songwriter, you're only as good as your last song. Yeah. If you think about that, because I'm going to say this one more time. As a songwriter, you're only as good as your last song. So if you're one of these songwriters that's on the amateur level, you've written three songs, and your mindset is to just keep shopping these around to see if anybody loves them, and then you're going to make a decision about whether or not you want to be a writer, you've already lost. Don't bother. Yeah, because you just need to keep writing, 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 writing. As an artist, you're only as good as your last piece of content. Yeah, you can't be an artist and and disappear for three months on digital. Yeah, not going to work well for you. <laughs> not, not in this thing. With Formula One and with the record industry, it's big money and it's big business, which also means guess what? Big corruption. <laughs> That's just the reality. I was telling you about the Force India Race team, and it was the first Formula One team to be owned by an Indian billionaire who's also the owner of Kingfisher Airlines, which is an Indian airline Mm -hmm. that went out of business. Okay. Okay. It went bankrupt. And the owner, Vijay Malia, and this is present, this is um, all over the show, he was forced into exile in the United Kingdom, England. Because if he returned to India, he was going to be taken into custody. The Indian government had questions about the manner in which the airline failed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the answers are. I don't think anybody does. There were rumors that Vijay, the owner, was embezzling money from the airline to fund the race team, which was his dream. So so what happens here? I mean, now it's like, wow. uh, First of all, you're dealing with a guy like that. We don't know whether he did what he did or didn't do. Um, But if you're on that team and if you're that if you're one of those drivers, which dice are tumbling every day is whether or not you got funding or a job. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Until, uh, you know, till the billionaire comes in and buys it from Canada and now his son's on the team and you're the driver. And so you're out. Yeah. Now that happened. I'll bet, you know, a bunch too, Brian. I know at least three different artists who had record deals and everything was popping along. And then all of a sudden the record deal went out of business. Went oh Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Songs climbing the chart, but all of a sudden, whoop, no more promo team. Yeah. Sorry. If we kind of go back one more time to that Moneyball story that we talked about in the Major League Baseball, there's no revenue sharing in baseball. So mm-hmm. the New York Yankees always have like four times the budget of the Oakland A's. Yeah. And the Dodgers have a huge budget because that's a that's a Los Angeles market. They're going to have three or four times the money that the Milwaukee Brewers are going to have because they're a small market team. And, and Billy Bean in that movie figured out how to honestly compete against the big market teams with 25% of the budget by thinking outside of the box and using data. Mm-hmm. And if you read Bob Lefsitz's blogs, he he hates this part of it. He thinks it's too much about data now. I think he wants to go back to the old 
thing. Yeah. You know, same is true for Formula One racing teams and same is true for you as an artist, right? Mercedes and Ferrari dominate because they have the biggest budget set. The Mercedes team could have more people on holiday than the entire team of one of the smaller <laughs> Haas or, or Williams. That's that's a, like a fact. It was a quote I took from the show. You know, it's just like, yeah. how many people? Wow, we got more than that just on holiday on a given week. Yeah. But the smaller teams with less money still have to compete with the big dogs. Don't forget, you're still competing with Tim McGraw. You're still competing mm-hmm. with Carrie Underwood. You're still competing with, with the big people in your genre. This thing, they're they're on this, they're in the same race on the same track, attacking the same curves. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you got to play that game. Mm-hmm. And this is the real world. Ten teams, two drivers each. There's scarcity. It's mathematically restrictive, like radio was. Mm-hmm. If you're not on a team, you don't have an audience, right? Yeah. If you didn't have a record label, you didn't get to radio. But now that's different. So I want you to see the opportunity there. I want you to see how lucky you are. And the other part of that is that the rest of the music industry is still dealing with the mathematical restrictive business model mm-hmm. and the scarcity of it. Okay, and it's going to take them a long time to adapt because, once again, they're not breaking artists on digital. So, you know, some of the label conversations we've had, two very, very uh, important conversations uh, with multiple meetings with two different indie labels in the last three weeks at Daredevil. And one of the labels was like, was the money sentence. Like, Johnny, I want to be where the majors aren't. I'm like, that's in a social media feed, mm-hmm. right? So right now, that's a blue ocean for artists. Yeah. But it won't be for a while. So there's intense competition here. That, I mean, there's massive amounts of jealousy even between team members and other drivers. There's massive positioning. If the label likes this driver or artist more than the other driver slash artist, then there's, you know, there's no love lost between the drivers from the same team. First season, lots of drama with Red Bull because they bring this new kid up who's younger than their rock star guy. Mm-hmm. And the rock star guy just feels like he's not getting any love. Yeah. How's that going to turn out? Yeah. Mindset matters. And that's what I love the mindset from these, all these Formula One teams. It's a team effort. Behind the scenes, the team are killing themselves to make the fastest car, which is like the best song and the best recording, writing the best song, getting the best recording, the most competitive recording. And the drivers want to win. The artists want to win, you know, to honor their teammates who work so hard and because stuff goes wrong all the time. Tires blow, engines blow, stuff that's outside of the driver's Mm -hmm control and then he's just out and they don't get points and they go down in the rankings and that stuff happens but when everything's working right who they don't want to miss a second yeah they want to squeeze every ounce of success they can out of that so oftentimes a, yeah a race is blown because of mechanical failure sometimes it's blown because of bad team decision on when to pit or when to change from wet tires to dry tires because they race in the rain huh. in formula one and oftentimes uh Drivers screw up, make one little tiny mistake, puts them into a wall. There's just intense pressure to perform. Drivers can get inside their own heads and lose confidence like artists and songwriters do. And they all got a little bit of confidence issues Uh like like real humans do, like we all do. And there's driver meltdowns where they'll get into a slump in a season and they can't get it. You just keep crashing into stuff because they can't get out of the slump. So this is all amazing. And then, you know, a win or at least a great performance from a driver who is still in a poor mental mindset doesn't work. It's not enough to change. You've got to change the mindset and then you got to have the win. And then it starts to get back into place, you know? So I just was looking at that whole struggle 
with mentality and, and staying on top and listening to each driver. They speak candidly in this show about the profession, their, their pressure, their insecurities, their wins, their failures, their battle back to be as consistent as possible. This is exactly what we go through as artists and songwriters. And I just thought, man, great show. Go watch this show. You're going to dig it. And, and you'll see, I think, I think it, it, it's just going to be inspiring. I think you'll see a lot of the similarities. So cool. Next time we get Netflix, um, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out, man. And so, so that's it guys. So listen, you need, uh, um, we are available for consultation. If you, you know, want some one-on-one where we can help you connect some of these dots, some of the assets you have, maybe talk about some of the things you, some holes you need to fill and, and help you become a more well-rounded artist and more presentable. We can do that. Just info, uh, emails at info at daredevilproduction.com, put consultation into the subject line and, uh, we'll get right back to you. We do charge for that, but I, you know, listen, I think it just gets you going in the right direction. You know what you need to be doing. You know that you're, you're being the most efficient you can be with your money and with your time. There's nothing better than that. So, um, that's it guys. Uh, make sure that you join the climb community, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review and tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.